Welcome to Devils in the World Cup Details, or Devils in the Details World Cup Edition. Case and I are both really enjoying the World Cup, and so we thought we would take this week's opportunity to give you a bit of a breakdown on what's going on. Uh, as it stands, all of the teams in the World Cup have played two matches. None of the teams in the World Cup have played three matches. So it's a good opportunity to give you an overview before everything we say is obviously humiliated by what happens in the third round of matches when half the teams get eliminated. And Case is doing like a rock out sign right now. Um, but Case, how are you? Have you been finding it so far? Uh, personally disappointing. Um from the perspective of the performance of the team that I care about. But um, in general, it's been, you know, it's been the spectacle that the World Cup, that you'd expect a World Cup to be. Um, some some very nice goals. I think fewer goals than I anticipated. A lot of nil-nils, especially heading into halftime. I think like a dozen matches have gone into halftime at nil-nil. But yeah, no, all good. Uh, what about you, Aaron? Yeah, I pretty much share that sentiment. Uh, obviously, Canada became the second team to get eliminated yesterday. And I thought they were quite unlucky, to be honest, especially against Belgium. Um, and about the point about the nil-nils, it's really interesting because James York was tweeting about this. Um, he said that, I think this was through the first round of group games, there were, on average, about, I think, 10 shots per team per game, which is really low. And that comes in spite of the fact that the teams are actually playing longer matches than usual with the added extra time um so yeah it seems like a lot of teams are arriving with an approach of don't lose and try to win one game or maybe it's just a coincidence i'm not sure um you started with netherlands and they happen to be in group a so let's talk a little bit about netherlands and and group a yeah they didn't look great against ecuador i think they had what two or three shots the entire game the first one being the ridiculous goal from uh, from gakbo and I mean, it was enough. They just need a win against Qatar to pretty much guarantee winning this group or finishing second. Yeah, a win doesn't guarantee first place, but they need to beat Qatar by more than Ecuador beats Senegal, which uh, seems plausible. Uh, yeah, I would say that's probably the worst performance from the Dutch national team that I've seen at least since the round of 16 at the Euro last year. And going back before that, I would say like five years back. Uh, like truly dire Ecuador totally outmatched them physically. I think part of it was some bad luck, like in terms of technical execution, like you'll never see the Dutch national team execute at that low of a level technically across the board, uh, losing like every second ball, bad touches all over the place. Like these aren't bad players across the board, but on the other hand, like two shots is atrocious um, and like totally unacceptable. And the, the, Ability to progress the ball into the final third just was not there. So I have to say this has been like a very, very disappointing World Cup so far from that perspective. Um, but I'm still pretty – I have a lot of faith in this team. The The vibes are still good, which like I don't usually put a lot of weight on that. But in, in a tournament this short, I do think like a, a lot of – there's a lot of variance. And I think a, a key thing is maintaining morale when things go against you. And in this case, things haven't gone against them. Things have gone for them. And I think they're all very aware of that, um, which is a good thing. So hopefully the performances pick up and they stay lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe one thing that bodes in in, in, the, in favor of the Netherlands is that they don't have one of the hardest draws, I think. It, assuming they're able to win the group, at least. Because 
I, I'm not sure the runners up in Group B. I mean, actually, this is assuming a lot because it's assuming England's going to win Group B and it's assuming Netherlands are going to win Group A. But assuming they don't get England, I don't think their draw is going to be so bad for the first knockout round, which should give them some room. I've been thinking about that, though. I actually think in general that the the path will be would be easier <clears throat> would be easier on the other side of the draw even if they had England in the first match. Um, England obviously is like a much more formidable opponent than the US or Iran is, but the next like the, the other side of the bracket from what on on what you would expect the, the Dutch side to be, which would be Argentina and Brazil and potentially uh, I think Germany um, or Spain maybe. That's just generally a more loaded side of the bracket in my opinion than the than, than, than the other side. So if you were to get through England, I actually think that path is easier in general. Though, yes, I obviously prefer to play Iran or the U.S. Yeah, in in general, I agree. I guess I'm not bullish about Argentina winning Group C anymore. Um, I I still think they will. I mean, other than that, I think the real interesting sort of discussion in this group is whether Ecuador or Senegal will join Netherlands in the knockout stages. Because it's it's highly improbable that they can both pass Netherlands. Because unless they lose by a number of goals and then there's a draw... In the Qatar, uh, sorry, in the Senegal Ecuador game, Netherlands. There's, there's another outcome where Senegal beats Ecuador by like one goal, and the Netherlands gets pasted by Qatar. In which case, they could both both go through. Um, right. But yeah, both of those seem. Uh, I'm not, I'm not even gonna say anything. I don't, I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> um, but I will say, yeah, I think Ecuador, if they don't go through, can consider themselves hard done by. Uh, I think this is a really good team. I think they're very well coached. I think they're physically and tactically ahead of like the rest of the a, a lot of the teams in the in the, in the tournament um I think they're probably the third best south american team in the tournament i've been super impressed and i already had them getting out of this group i had them getting out second before the tournament um yeah this is a nasty draw for whoever gets them like i we played poorly against ecuador uh no doubt about it it was definitely partially up to our own performance but i would say um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to play Ecuador again because uh, I think they'll keep it close yeah. with whoever they play. They look really difficult to score against, and I think that's a big thing because they can just drag games out. Um, the only goal that's beaten them so far is that ridiculous goal from Gakpo. Uh, they didn't concede against Qatar, so. But I, I also think Senegal wouldn't be a great opponent in the round of sixteen. Like I, I think they have some strong players, and I don't think they're a pushover. So, I mean, I had Senegal going through over them. Uh, before the tournament, but I think now I would also say Ecuador going through. Yeah, I mean Ecuador, all they need is a draw. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, yeah. Senegal will have to score, so that's going to be the biggest challenge there. Um, let's let's move to Group B. We have a pretty interesting situation here. I feel like because Iran went and scored two goals in the 99th minute, I believe against Wales and that has put them in pole position to advance as long as they don't lose their final game um would you back them to get a draw against the states I feel like I would uh, I I would but yeah I, th- I think they will and I think Iran goes through in this group um with England but definitely the U.S. honestly impressed me in, in, in that England match as well so I can't say either outcome would would surprise me and you know there's also the the bogey outcome which is wales beating england in which case wales could go through um yeah i i haven't been a big fan of wales so far 
No, I think they've been poor. I think they've played 135 minutes of, of bad football and, and, and one half of They seem really reliant on Kiefer Moore, and I think a lot of people are convinced that Kiefer Moore is better than he actually is. I might eat my words there if he scores, but I, I just think he is a good, like he's a decent target man um, who the team relies on him because they can't really progress the ball. So they are reliant on being able to hit it to a target man. Um, and, and it took them 45 minutes to realize that. And then it took opposition 45 minutes to learn how to deal with it. I feel like Iran having watched that States game and also being a perhaps more, um, a, a more sort of combative defensive side were able to deal with it better. Um, in terms of the States, I feel like they're a difficult team in games where they play maybe superior opposition or like 50, 50 opposition. They have a lot of really hardworking players who I think can make things difficult for the opposition, but make that team break down a low block. And I'm really not convinced that they can, that they can do that. And honestly, I think Iran's defensive coaching is really good. It has been at every, every tournament they've shown up to with Carlos Queiroz as boss. They've just been really good defensively. And so I feel like it's in Iran's favor. Yeah. I have to say, like, from the perspective of the Dutch, who would, I'd say, are probably still the likely draw for Iran if they get out, I'm not that scared of this Iran team because our biggest problem has been ball progression into the final third, and I do think we'll be pretty threatening if they sit back. Players like Dumfries, who I think has been very poor in this tournament, I think are very good blunt force tools for those kinds of situations. Um, so I would back us to score against Iran. Though, yes, I, I think they get out of this group. Yeah, I don't think they're a super disruptive team. Um, I like. I think they're a good team at preventing the other team from scoring, but I don't think they're a super good team at high regains or you know, making things difficult for teams in build-up. Um, so I think that makes it a little bit difficult for them to really threaten the opposition goal. Um, I, I'm pretty sure their only real goals against England were were later on after they'd lost. And then their only goals against Wales were against 10 men. So I'm, I'm skeptical about their ability to actually score goals. But for this last group match, they just have to prevent the other team from scoring, which I'm a little bit more confident in their ability to do. So yeah, I think I, I don't think they have a really good shot of getting past the round of 16. But I think at this point, they have a good shot of going to the round of 16. Yeah. Agreed. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, group C. This one's been really interesting because it started with that huge upset between uh, obviously Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. And Saudi Arabia is a bit of an interesting side because I actually don't think they were that good in that Argentina game. Uh, I thought they were quite lucky. And then I thought they were really good in uh, in the match against Poland and yet lost. So... Do you think they have a good shot at beating Mexico in this last game? Because if they do, they are through to the knockout stages. Yeah, I think they have a chance. Uh, Mexico have been super dull in this tournament. You can kind of just see they don't have the talent that you associate Mexico with having. Um, But I still think this Mexico team are better than this Saudi team. So maybe this ends in a draw. I I think that's probably what I would bet on happening. But I don't think Saudi Arabia are getting out of this group. I think I think Poland and Argentina make it out of this group. Yeah, so a draw, unless Poland lose by three, would put them through. And uh, Argentina just have to not 
lose by more than Saudi Arabia. Like Argentina have a goal difference of one and Saudi Arabia have a goal difference of negative one. So it, even though Poland and Argentina play each other, Saudi Arabia pretty much have to win to cause disruption here or, or Mexico have to win and Argentina would have to lose, um, which they, they all seem like improbable scenarios. Um, one thing I will say is I did watch a fair bit of Mexico in qualifying and I've watched them in this tournament and I'm not convinced that they're going to score a goal like they can't create really their only serious attacking method is getting Lozano to run at defenses and I mean he's a decently productive 1v1 dribbler but I don't think he's like enough to carry a team um, even even to second in, in a group so they're gonna need a little bit of luck their way and I wouldn't put it past Saudi Arabia to beat them but um, I think maybe What's more interesting here is who finishes first and who finishes second. Yeah, let's talk Argentina for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk Argentina. So I think, firstly, um, I think they were much better before they went down 2-1 against Saudi Arabia in this tournament than they were after. I agree. Um, I agree. I think people are, based on their squad, skewing their evaluation of Argentina based on what they think of Argentina's attacking players. Because I do think their defense is quite good. They have not conceded anything pretty much like they conceded two goals against Saudi Arabia, but they were both amazing goals. And in terms of being amazing finishes. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like Argentina are being carved apart here. And that gives them a really good advantage going into the knockout stages, even if their attack isn't really firing. Um, but I do think their attack is not firing, which is a problem. And it, it is a problem that might cause them to finish second in this group. Maybe. I I don't think Poland are going to threaten at all in this match. I, th- I think Poland have been dire, to be honest. I think it flatters them that they're almost certainly going to get out of this group. But, yeah, ultimately, I, if you're going to concede nothing and then you're just going to go to work with players like Messi and Lautaro and, and I mean, we saw Enzo Fernandez uh, provide a pretty spectacular goal in that Mexico match. Um I think that's the base for a really good team. I think, honestly, people overreacted to that Saudi Arabia match. Um, I, I'm, I'm still very, I'm still very scared. Yeah, I'm still very scared of this Argentina team. Um, I think they're very, very good. Even though, yeah, the attack isn't firing. I think they only had like two shots before the Messi goal. Um, they had two shots in open play. I think in the entire yeah, match, and those were the two goals. Um, no, Enzo scored from a corner. <laughs> So, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, well, anyway, that's the point. They're not creating that much, but like if they're not going to concede anything and then they're just going to have these incredibly talented players who presumably in the knockout stages are going to have even more space to play with because teams aren't going to sit back on them. Uh, that's nasty. I'm, I have no interest in confronting that. Pretty much agree. And yeah, I mean, I would rather go into a tournament like this with a misfiring attack and a really good defense than a really good attack and a misfiring defense, I think, because... Sometimes the shots don't go in, as we've seen with other teams that we're going to talk about soon. And you're totally right about Poland being dire. And I feel like it's a funny example because they could totally have six points right now. Lewandowski literally missed a penalty in the first game. So they they were a kick away from having six points, despite being probably the worst team in this group. At least on a match control level, the worst team in this group. Yeah. It's a weird one because especially I think Poland have pretty good players not across the board but I think they have players good enough that they could easily be the second best team in this group just playing teams straight up 
but that exactly. doesn't seem to be the, the tactical approach that they're taking. Um, and I don't think it'll ultimately matter. I think this is a team that's just going to go straight out in the round of 16 if they do advance. But Well, they'll be playing... Uh, so, sorry, actually, before I get on to that, um, are we saying Argentina first, Poland second then? Okay, I think I'm about the same, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it the other way around, which would create a really interesting round of 16 match because... I wouldn't really back any of Poland, Saudi Arabia, or Mexico to have a chance against France, who look pretty much certain to win Group D. But I do think Argentina versus France would be really interesting. And it it happened last time at the World Cup that we got Argentina versus France because Argentina misfired for most of the group stages. And I think that would be really interesting. But it seems like, to me, one of those where um, it's going to be argentina win the group and then they have to come up against the second place in group d i guess before we talk about who should finish second in group d are there any words about france i feel like people will want to hear about france yeah so i mean i think we've seen these matches that they're just prodigiously talented like across the board there's just like an insane amount of quality in this team and it shows um but i also don't think like I think a lot of people know this. I don't think Deschamps does this team any favors with the way he sets up. They, they leave a lot of space and other teams leave them a lot of space. So it kind of doesn't matter because like they're just so technically way ahead of everyone else and physically and, and football IQ wise ahead that they just break teams down. Um, and then they sit in this kind of low action block um, and don't allow a lot. But I think you can get at this team, uh, and I think there are teams at this tournament that are much more proactive about restricting opposition space, um, making making you fight for it, really. Actually working through tight areas, um, going like winning games the hard way. Uh, and I can think of four or five off the top of my head that, that'll make you do that. Um, and I think France would struggle way more with one of those teams. I think Denmark, I expected Denmark to be way better than they've been in this tournament. And then they played Australia, who I, I think this Australia team are just straight up bad. Sorry to anybody who is Australian and listening. Yeah, well, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I that, that's my impression. Yeah, I think where you might beat this France team is when they lose the ball. Um, just that transition. like I, And then if you concede a goal, then suddenly they're playing against a block, and it's much harder to break a block, but... Ultimately, I'm skeptical the extent to which it matters in terms of preventing them from making a deep run. Um, well, I don't I think it'll necessarily stop them from making a deep run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I initially looked at this group, I thought Denmark might actually win it. But I think Denmark were quite flat against Tunisia. And then I think they showed signs of getting going against France, but they're still not quite there. Like, I was really expecting an effective high press from Denmark. And I thought that would make a big difference. In, in them being able to win the group. And I think we might still see that from them, but so far we haven't. And France, I just think they can pretty much score in any way. Um, and I think they have who has been the best player in the tournament so far and is the best player on the planet in Kylian Mbappe. And I just, he is so good that like it doesn't even, he just runs games. He, he wasn't even playing particularly well in the first half against Denmark. But he just runs he runs the entire team creatively, and then he makes those back post runs to score goals. And it's like, how do you even stop that? What do you even do? I, I think you can stop it, though, to be honest. And I think there's like a couple of teams 
I think Denmark and Australia did a horrible job of keeping him out of 1v1 situations. Uh, yeah, they, they left their fullbacks isolated so often, which just made Mbappe look godly, which he is. He's incredible, and he's like you're not going to be able to totally nullify him. But they gave him so much volume. France, like you're not going to beat France if you let give Mbappe like six 1v1s. It just won't happen. Yeah. But if you can restrict him to one 1v1, that's a whole different story. And I think there are teams at this tournament that can and will do that. It's just a matter of yeah. when France come up against them. Yeah, at this stage, I don't think I'd make them favorites to win it, but I I do think they'll go quite deep yes. and be really difficult for anyone. Um, before we move on, actually, what are your thoughts on Griezmann so far? Uh, I think he's been incredible, but but I'll, I'll say this. I think he's been incredible much in the same way that Pogba was, is often incredible in these tournaments for France. And it goes back to something I said earlier about this France team in that other teams are leaving them a ton of space. And this is just how international football is. It's a lower pressure environment in terms of the intensity at which teams play because they aren't coached to play together. So you just see less pressing. And what that allowed Pogba to do and what it allows Griezmann to do is drop into space, turn on the ball, and play through the lines. And these are just incredibly technically talented footballers with really high football IQs who pick out excellent passes and execute them. And I think that's what you're seeing. I, I think this is a, a very good player, but like Griezmann hasn't been this good in club football for like almost five years now. And the reason for that is this is just not how club football plays out. That's my take on it. Yeah, I sort of agree. Um, I, I'm interested to see what he plays like under more pressure because I have a feeling he might still end up being quite good, but I I don't know. I, I don't mean to dismiss his like his form. He's certainly been excellent and he's been... He's taking on a role that I think is a little different from what you see of Griezmann typically for this France team. Um, yeah, I probably sound dismissive of France in the way I'm talking about them right now. They could easily win this tournament. I just mean to say they look like this unstoppable machine. Players just running riot. If you just let France have the ball with space for a full game, they're obviously just going to destroy you. And if you attack them with no defensive safeguards, they're still going to destroy you. It's the teams that are more calculated and more aggressive in their approach that are going to give them problems. And I do think there are quite a few. I'm not sure at what point France will meet them, but there are quite a few. All right, Denmark, do you back them to win that game against Australia? Yeah, I do. I do. I think, I think, they'll, I think they'll get the three points there. It would be kind of cool to see them not. I have nothing against the Danish, but Australia going through the knockouts would be funny. But, like, ultimately, I, I don't think Australia can do any damage against whoever they do face. Um, well, if Tunisia beat France and Australia and Denmark draw, Tunisia can actually also go through, which is kind of funny. That would be cool. I, I, I think Denmark goes through here, though. Yeah, I agree. And I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see them against Argentina. Yeah, true. That'll be an interesting matchup. Have to say, though, give, given right. the way Denmark's played, I, I wouldn't back them to score against Argentina. No, me neither. Uh, next group. That Spain and Germany game was brilliant, by the way. Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I did watch that Spain versus Germany match. I mean, these two these are like two of the four or five best coach teams in the tournament. And it's like that simple. So like it wasn't a hyper it wasn't an incredibly exciting match. Like there weren't tons of chances and tons of goals, but like tactically it was way more sophisticated than what most international football is. And also the technical level was really high. You got to see Pedri and Musiala. My kind of God. run wild. Um, 
It's always fun. Got to see International Tournament Murata, which is chef's kiss. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was one of the better matches, I'd say. I am hoping we get more goals. I will say that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, this morning we got some goals. I missed the Cameroon game, but we got some goals this morning, but... I'm not sure. I think the goals will dry, will continue to dry up from here, especially in the knockout stages. But the group does have an interesting setup for the final match because I, okay, I didn't watch this match. I have watched a fair bit of Costa Rica. Again, I watched CONCACAF qualifying and I am a little bit confused as to how they beat Japan. So I'm not going to comment on that because I didn't watch it and I couldn't even predict what it might look like. But it gives all four teams here a chance of getting through to the knockout stages. I think Spain's goal difference kind of saves them um, regardless, unless Japan and Costa Rica both win, um, which would be fantastic, by the way. That would be really cool. But I'm not really betting on that, especially given how Germany and Spain have played so far. Yeah, I think Spain and Germany both get through here, which is unfortunate because uh, Spain really had the chance to put Germany in a nasty spot, which personally I would have been amused by. And also, I think it's just... It's fun to watch the other teams go through. Yeah, uh, or at least have a chance to. And I really, I don't think there's much of a chance that one of these, that Costa Rica or Japan goes through here. Um, I mean, what, what happens if, theoretically, if Japan gets a draw against Spain, that gives them four points. Germany are minus one, Japan are zero. So Germany would Germany win pretty much puts them through, unless Japan win. So what if it's a 1-0 win for Germany? Uh, they'll go through on... Oh, it depends on what the score of the draw is. Cause we go, I think it'll be goal scored. Okay, what if it's a 0-0 draw? If it's a 0-0 draw, Germany have scored more goals. But if it's a 1-1 draw, then they scored the same amount of goals. Which is interesting. Which would be head-to-head, I think, actually. So Japan would go through. Not out of the realms Not of possibility. Not impossible, but I, I think Spain and Germany get the win here and, and the two of them go through. Yeah. Um. Before we go to the next group, what were your thoughts on that Germany Japan game? I thought I thought it was great. Um, yeah, that, that was I think maybe my game of the tournament so far. Um, in terms of excitement, Germany created tons of chances, couldn't put them away, and then having not stepped on their throat, Japan just opened it wide open, created four or five great chances, some awesome execution. Uh, on the break. Uh, yeah, that was a. A great match. I think Germany probably deserved to win it, but it was another situation like the Argentina-Saudi Arabia match where you don't put away your chances, you open the door for weird stuff to happen to you. Yeah, Japan are a really interesting side. I think they're kind of the victims of being in a group with two favorites where people aren't really looking at them enough, but I was looking through their side and they have like half their team is playing for top European clubs. Yep. Or like it's a good clubs. team. It's a good team. Um... It's it's actually a little bit of a shame. A lot of groups. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, and they're fun to watch, and I, I, I think they're I well coached. I can't say they're like yeah, I agree. I think they're they're well coached. I can't say I'm, I'd be scared to face them in the knockaround, but I do think they have a chance against a lot of teams in the knockaround. Which like, I don't know. Personally, I like to see in particular African and Asian teams progress deep into these tournaments. Um, I think it makes. It's the World Cup, you know what I mean? It's not like the European and Conmebol Cup plus one extra team that managed to manages to sneak its way into the round of 16. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. So it would, it, would, it would be really cool for Japan to get out of this group. I just don't see it happening. 
I think the Asian team, because I was looking at this because, um, I mean, now in this World Cup, and we'll get onto this in a minute, but I've been mainly following a CONCACAF team, which is not usually the case. Um, but I've been looking at sort of which African, which Asian, and which CONCACAF teams have the best shot of going through. And yeah, I think I think it's mostly Iran. I feel like we'll get on to Ghana in a little bit. Morocco, um, Morocco, I think has a decent chance to get. Oh, out. Morocco, Morocco are the favorites. I think at this point, we'll, we'll get on to that in a second. Why? Yeah, but that's pretty much it. I don't think any of the Concacaf teams are going to go through. Um, this the states probably still have the best chance. So, yeah, let's talk about Group F a little bit. Um, I guess we'll start with why Morocco are favorites. The reason why Morocco are favorites is because they have four points and they are playing a team that have been eliminated in their last match. Canada, I think, are a lot better than. The, than the points they've collected. I think it's very unfortunate. I think you put them in a different group, they might have snuck it out. Uh, I, I think that, like, you have watched, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've watched them much more intently than I have, but I think, yeah. aside from the, those last 45 minutes against Croatia, you, e- like, easily could have come away with a couple of goals and four points from those those two matches, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think... So I watched most of Canada's qualifying run. Um, the relevant matches from that qualifying run, I suppose, are against the three other CONCACAF teams that are in the World Cup. Um, so against Costa Rica, I'll start there. Very similar to the Belgium game. Costa Rica had 10 men. When they played Costa Rica, it was to secure qualification. And they had 20 shots on goal uh, against a 10-man Costa Rica and just couldn't equalize. Um, and then what that meant was they actually qualified against Jamaica in a game that I got to go see. Um, so it worked out for me, but I think that was really similar to the Belgium game and that it showed that Canada can actually really execute a high press and be pretty dominant, really athletic forwards. And in general, I would say a pretty athletic team for the most part. And I think that's what you saw against Belgium. Seriously dominated them, should have had the three points. We'll talk about Belgium in a minute, I'm sure, because I think they're one of the most interesting teams in the tournament. Against Mexico, Mexico dominated possession, and they couldn't create anything. We talked about Mexico being a bit toothless, and I think that game showed that Canada can really suffocate teams in a block. Like, they can make it really difficult, and and they can also win the ball a lot and create opportunities on the counter. The States were the one where I was kind of 50-50. I thought the States kind of had the better of us, even though Canada won the game. I didn't go into this tournament expecting Canada to get out of this group, to be honest. I thought all three teams were slightly better. Um... I think they got a group where they could have beaten all three teams is what I was my impression going in. But like all of the teams are slightly better. Um, But yeah, I think they should have won against Belgium. They should have scored the penalty. And once they score the penalty, any any permutation of that game, whether it's Canada continue to dominate Belgium, get on the front foot, they're all difficult for Belgium. Right. And there was an interesting debate. I don't know if you saw between John and T about that's John McKenzie and, and Thiago Esteva about the Canada game where essentially they were debating whether Canada should have pressed Belgium that high or invited pressure on to themselves to create space to counter into. Point is, if Canada had scored that penalty, in my opinion, either either of those scenarios is not great for Belgium. Against Croatia, they were outplayed. Like, I, I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe Canada come out of that game with a point. I do think that after Davies' goal is scored, you begin to see that you needed to sort of go man to man in midfield with Croatia mm, and really like try and mark that. them out of the game. Yeah. Modric and Kovacic just got a stronghold on that game, and I think they could have prevented that to some extent. But to what extent, I'm I'm skeptical, and and 
once you're down two one, you're just you're playing against the flow of everything. Like Croatia were always winning that game from two one. So in another world, would Canada have maybe gotten a draw? Like maybe, but I think what that game shows is that as good as Canada were against Belgium, and I'm super proud and the Davies goal is fantastic in the Croatia game. Ultimately, they weren't good enough to compete with the best teams at this tournament, and they probably would have lost the round of 16. So, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> what do you make of Croatia? Because I'll tell you from what I have seen, this is, again, a really nasty team for any one of the top sides to have to come up against. And I think you highlighted that reason, or you, you hinted at it. Um, Their midfield is bloody good. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, they have the best, one of the best midfielders to ever play the game. And he's paired with two of the most press-resistant, hard-working midfielders in football right now. Like, they are just brilliant. They can play teams out of games. I don't know what that does for them, to be honest. Just because of the specific draw. I think their attack's kind of blunt. Um, I thought they were really breaking Canada down from midfield, and it still took them quite a while to get that breakthrough. I don't know what that counts for if you're playing Spain or Germany in the next round, to be honest. Because Spain and Germany have midfields that are just as good and better and are better in other departments. I think they're probably better coached. I'll tell you, I do think Spain and Germany are actually... Those are two teams that I had in mind as being teams that I would not... If I were those teams, I would not want to play Croatia. And the reason for that is... I think those are the two... Two of the three best coached presses at this World Cup. And I think what you don't want to come up against uh, in these international tournaments when you're predicating predicating your style of of play on the press is a bunch of press resistant midfielders just because all it takes, first of all, the advantage you have by playing a high press, an effective one and a well-coached one is that most teams won't do it. So a lot of teams are going to line up with lineups that are, are vulnerable to being pressed um, and reliant on players who might be super technically talented, but are far less so under pressure. Um, that is not true of this Croatia team. You lose that advantage. And I think, especially in these really high variance, one-off knockout matches, all it takes is Modric or Kovacic turning one guy, opening up a break, a goal, and suddenly the game dissolves into chaos. Um, and I think if you're Germany and Spain, it's funny you said, those are the two you said, but it's not the only example. That's exactly what you want to avoid. So I really would not want to play Croatia. Um, maybe maybe um yeah maybe i i think the thing with croatia and also spain that that i saw that was really interesting and probably something we don't get to talk much about on devils in the details because most of our play is in league play where you know you're kind of just trying to dominate as much as you can and just score as much as you can and just you're, you're essentially going at breakneck speed every week um is the is the level of just experience and i think experience actually plays a big role in the way these teams played these matches even though spain eventually conceded um one thing i saw with croatia and spain is like when there were moments in the match where the other team had like a little bit of momentum to get back into the game their midfielders would just kill the game entirely um like you could just not get near them for a five minute period they would just slow down the game circulate the ball get into the midfield comfortably and just make the game insufferable for a few minutes and then let it dissolve. And they make these really good decisions that I think Canada are a little bit of like a young, throw everything at it, 
um, even if it, even if we're going to crash and burn team, which is what eventually they did in that game. Um, and it really was an interesting thing to see them up against a team that just had such brilliant decision-making and, uh, and execution at key moments. So yeah, if you give Croatia, uh, like a, a chance, I think they can beat anyone really, because all they need is that one breakthrough, like you said, and then they're going to be super difficult to play against. They're going to throw everything against them. And I don't think they're one of the favorites. All right. Well, as for getting lucky, I think any team has to get lucky to get deep. Um, I don't think they're one of the favorites. I don't think this is like one of the most talented teams in the tournament. But in terms of personnel groupings and the ability to upset other teams, I think they're in a really good spot. Which is why I say I wouldn't want to play them if I were Germany and Spain. I think Germany and Spain will be able to outright beat most teams at this tournament. Um, and I don't think Croatia are one of those teams where I'm like, this is they're going to roll over. Like, this team is just way better. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's still it still has some of the foundations of that 2018 team, which was really good. Like people don't people under underrate that team a little bit because of the draw, but they had a really good team pretty much across the board, and some of the best players in the game, like at that time and now. So, yeah, I mean, they still have all of that, I guess, with with maybe less striking power and a little bit less, um, a little bit less legs. Like they ran a marathon. Yeah. They played. I think they played extra time in all three of their, uh, yeah. in all three of their knockout games. Um, so yeah, I I wouldn't count them out by any, by any measure. Um, I also I'm not sure Belgium is a great matchup for them. Um, let's talk a little bit about Belgium. They're not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fugazi I, like, team. I was. I was. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I was going to say, before the game, as a, as a joke, I was kind of like, how many Belgian players are getting to Canada's team? Not actually that many would significantly improve Canada's team. And when I thought about it after, I was like, I would really want De Bruyne and Courtois in, in my Canada team. And, like, obviously players like Vertonghen and Alderweireld, to some extent, would make things better. But to what extent? Because, like, they're really not the players that they were when this Belgian team was in its prime. I think this Belgium team has been poor for, like, more than 18 months. Uh, the Dutch actually had them in their Nations League group and rolled them more than once. Uh, and, and honestly, like, I I haven't been particularly scared of this Belgium team. Uh, at least since Lukaku had his whole decline, rapid fall from grace uh, at Chelsea. Because um, I think it really leaves you with De Bruyne and, like, not much else around him. There are other good players. I think Tielemans is a good player. I think um, a couple of their forwards, Openda, like, are going to wind up being good players. But this Belgium team was full of like four or five world beaters, like elite footballers. And it just isn't anymore. You have Courtois and you have De Bruyne, like you said. And then I think the rest of the team is like at comparable levels to the supporting cast for like. I don't know. I, I don't want to exaggerate, but the teams that come to mind for me are like Senegal, Morocco. I honestly think that that's a bit generous. Like, yeah, maybe most of these players aren't playing Champions League football. Like, if you look at the Belgium team that played, most of them aren't playing Champions League football. The next thing after Champions League football is like Premier League football, and like you said, there's Tielemans, Castagna, and Trossard who none of them, in my opinion, are outstanding players at Premier League level either. So 
you're pretty much looking at a team that was once good and will need to rebuild. I don't think they'll they'll rebuild a core as good as what they had in 2018. Um, and while we're at it, I don't actually think that 2018 core should have done any better than it did. Like I, I think people have this like I think they stole Belgium that Brazil wasted match. a golden generation. Yeah, I think yeah, but I think people have this like Belgium wasted a golden generation. It's like when I look at their performance in these tournaments, they did fine. Like they didn't they did what I would expect them to do in the tournaments they lost to the winner of the world cup they lost to the winner of the euros they made it to the last four and the last eight like unless you're saying that they should have beaten wales in euro 2016 which yes they should have like and that wasn't roberto martinez's belgium so i think there's a lack of recognition of the fact that like one team can win these tournaments like it's it's not like every team with a talented squad can like can do something special like one team can win these, and you, that one team has not been Belgium. I think people expected a final. But the thing is, the difference between a final and a semifinal is literally nothing. It's basically France. nothing. It's it's basically... It's drawing France. Yeah, it's it's drawing France. Exactly. Like I mean, like, look at Croatia. They drew England, who Belgium beat soundly in that World Cup. So it literally is just draw. Um and even then, I don't think they were the second best squad at that World Cup. I think there were some early upsets. So, like they 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 lack key players in key positions. That their five to seven world class players doesn't win you a World Cup. But anyway, that's a, that's a rant. I think we should get on to Group G. Um, Brazil, a lot like Argentina. I think they're quite difficult to play. Yeah, incredibly talented across the board. Um, I think. Honestly, more so than Argentina is. Like, I think this Brazil they have the team, best subs bench at the World Cup easily, sure. easily, uh, and like four, at least four, like elite attackers, which is crazy. That's a crazy luxury to have. Losing Neymar hurts a lot, but I still think they can score against anybody. I don't think it matters that much. Like, I obviously Neymar is one of the three best players in the world for me when he's fit. Um, I still don't think it matters that much. Like they're go- you're going from Neymar to Vinicius, Rafinha, Richarlison, Jesus, Anthony, Rodrigo, Martinelli. Like, okay, yeah, they lost Neymar. If anything, they should bubble wrap Neymar and bring him back when they face some actual difficult teams. I, I think Rafinha, Vinicius, uh, Richarlison can score against whoever they face in the round of 16 quite easily. Um yeah, I guess what this comes down to is how do they compare against like the other top teams? Because I think they basically faced no resistance uh, in 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 these first two group stage matches. Uh, obviously, didn't kill Switzerland, but uh, I also wouldn't say Switzerland really had a foothold in this match either. Um, it felt like they were playing for a nil nil, at least to me. Yeah. So how do you? What do you think? Brazil comes up against, for instance, an Argentina, a France. Um, how do you see them faring? I thought Brazil were unlucky in the Copa America final. Um, I think the strategy of being coherent going forward, but not blistering and then really tight defensively is a good tactical strategy for these tournaments. I will say, I do think their wingers kind of go missing out of possession in moments. And given who their fullbacks are right now, one of their fullbacks is not a fullback at all. uh, Militao. Is play, played right back today for uh, for them. Given who their fullbacks are, and given 
the spotty work rate of their wingers. I do think you can get at them from wide areas, even though we haven't seen anyone do it. I just don't think Switzerland and Serbia were really suited to... Like, I don't think they were equipped to create the threat that uh, is possible to create against this team. So what you're saying is, if they don't like their fullback options uh, at right back, they should play Tellez there. They should play Tellez. In fact, <laughs> they should play Tellez every match. In particular, if and when they were to come up against the Dutch national team, they should be sure to make sure he's first on the team sheet. Um, yeah, yeah. I, but but other than that, this is a really well-rounded team. You can criticize the selection choices. Uh, maybe you want Jesus over Richarlison, or maybe you want uh, Gimaraes over Fred. I will say Gimaraes played a lot better than Fred did today. But personally, I still think this, like, I don't think that's going to make the difference for this team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right now, I would classify, like, the six. I mean, there's also Portugal and Netherlands, so I still haven't quite placed yet. But, like, the other six kind of fall into three categories where it's, like, Brazil and Argentina are these, like, defensively sound, brilliant attacking players type teams. England and France are kind of, like, tactically a bit passive, but in phases and with the players they have, they can win any game. And Germany and Spain are kind of like hell for leather. They will probably dominate most games they play, but they don't have as much quality as the other four teams. Yeah. We kind of skipped over England, by the way. We just talked about like Wales, Iran, and. The I don't US. think we've seen anything surprising from England so far. Just throw that in. Like, this is pretty much what they did at the Euros. Yeah, I agree. I, I will say, I don't think. I think they're going to slightly disappoint. I think like quarterfinals exit for England. Put it, put it in your. We'll book. see who they draw. Yeah, we'll see who they we'll draw. Who they but draw. I. It might be France, actually. It's it's looking likely to be France. That's what so I'm thinking. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I don't think that would be a disappointment, in fairness, if they were to go out to France. I think, given the semifinal and final appearances of the last two international tournament uh, tournaments, I think it would be. But uh, their run, their runs were a joke, though. So. Their their runs were weak. Um, like they played Colombia, Sweden, and then what was it? Ukraine um denmark and oh and germany okay they beat germany i guess but that germany team wasn't that good either so anyway uh who else is in brazil's group serbia and switzerland uh, it's between Uh, serbia and switzerland for the final spot here and they play each other yeah uh i'm not particularly impressed by either but switzerland looked better set up tactically uh probably have a little bit more talent uh this is a classic Switzerland tournament for me. They're going to get out second in their group. They're going to make the round of 16 and they're not going to roll over. Um, but they'll probably get beat. Yeah, pretty much agree. Should have predicted them from the start. I had Serbia I because too. of how talented I think their squad <laughs> yeah. is. I should have just known Switzerland will grind this out. Yeah. And I mean, now they just have to not lose, which is just perfect Switzerland position, right? Like it took, it took Casemiro um, destroying the goal to even, beat them. Yeah. Yep. So, great. Let's talk about Group H before we wrap up here. Um, Portugal. I watched them in parts, but, like, I don't know. I'm convinced that that the, and maybe this is my heart hoping more than my brain, but I'm convinced the decision to select Ronaldo is going to bite them at some point, right? 
Yeah. Like, that's not a crazy thing to think. Because they have the most talented... They have, like, at least top three talented squads in this tournament. Maybe top four, top five. And yet, I don't feel like they are, like, killing teams going forward. Yeah. I mean, I think this this match today was, like, pretty even against what I think is a bad Uruguay side. I, I said before this tournament that I think Uruguay or Belgium would not make it out of the group. Uh, had... I think now it's looking set up for both of those things to happen. Uh, I think Uruguay probably still will sneak out because I, I think Ghana have been a little lucky. Um, but yeah, I think Portugal really haven't dominated these matches the way they should. Uh, I don't want to turn this into a Cristiano Ronaldo talk, but yeah, they have better strikers on the bench that they should be playing. That's how I feel about it. Uh, now listen... If it is Cristiano Ronaldo talk, he's currently seeking employment. So he is. He's unemployed. If you have any, if you have, if you have any, any vacancies, yeah. Uh, does he have a LinkedIn? Maybe we can link his LinkedIn in <laughs> in the description. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 drop a link to his LinkedIn and and a nice interview uh, that w- that's already been given. He doesn't need to give. Oh, that. that's true. That's true. I think it's on YouTube. Uh, Perfect. Uh, Ghana and Uruguay. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. It'll be fun. I think Ghana are still quite angry, and I would and I would be too. <laughs> I, I hope Ghana wins. I have to say, I, I was I remember watching that match, what, 12 years ago now, and being outraged at at the the outcome. Uh, even even though ultimately I uh, we would the Dutch would have been facing Ghana had they advanced. I would like to see Ghana win this match. I don't think this Uruguay team are really going to make noise even if they do advance. And I think there should be... I think we said this... I said this earlier. I'd like to see African teams in the knockout rounds. Ghana have a good shot here. Um, And shout out to our our friend of the pod, Carl Anka, will be pulling for you. Or at least I will. Um, Yeah, you know, me too, for sure. I, I... Backed Ghana to win this group before the tournament started because I, I wanted to oh, to upset. win this group. I had them getting out as second. Yeah. I had them getting out second. Yeah, I had Ghana first, and okay, I went with Uruguay second. I shouldn't have, but I did. <laughs> I I picked some upsets this year because I wanted, I wanted to have something to root for, and I found myself really rooting for Ghana so far. And I don't know. I on the on the downside, they don't look great tactically. No, um, South Korea exploited them a number of times by. Simply stretching wide, pulling their defense to one side, and hitting the ball towards the other side. Which is not great. And it's not great against a team that have, like, three strikers that are going to run circles around you for 90 minutes trying to score a goal. I don't think Cavani um, and Suarez are running circles around anyone anymore, but yes. Well, when when their teams have the ball, they are. Yeah, perhaps. But on the bright side, they have Mohamed Kudus, so... Yeah, he's been brilliant in this tournament. Uh, I think international football really suits the way he plays, which is a, a bit of chaos ball. Um, uh, but he's he's been great. Uh, very fun to watch. I'd like to see them play Kamaldeen, Suleimana, uh, a little more, because I think he would add to the excitement factor of this team. But, uh, yeah, they're doing what they got to do. Uh, once we get to the knockout rounds, I think we probably underplayed this a bit and talked about the tactical points, because that's, you know, this is analysis podcast, but... Once you make it to the knockouts, weird things can happen. Um, I think everybody's been front, like, go ahead. Yeah, well, weird things can happen, but the way this has panned out, uh, Portugal, their kind of late breakthrough against Ghana 
Um, that's pretty much guaranteed that they win this group. And then Brazil are going to win Group G. Uh, so true. It'll be tough, they, but I, weird things can happen. But they're they're likely drawing Brazil. Weird things can happen in individual matches, uh, especially when you have a little bit of quality. Which gotta have a little bit of quality. Um, and who's the other team in this group? South Korea. Yeah, poor South Korea. I don't see them getting out of this, and I think they've actually played pretty well. Yeah, um, you gotta win when you're playing well. As I've been, as I've learned, when you're not the favorite, you gotta win when you're playing well. And I think they got drawn into a bit of a weird group here. Um, I think they might have had a better chance in some other groups. Um, it never happens that the best 16 teams are the 16 teams that make the knockout rounds, right? And even then, I don't think they're one of the si- the best 16 teams. So it's difficult. It's difficult when you're just outmatched on player quality. Um, and they haven't really been able to get Sun into games as much as I thought they would. No. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So just to recap, we're saying... Netherlands, Ecuador, England, Iran, Argentina, Poland, France, Denmark, Spain, Germany, Croatia, Morocco, uh, Brazil, Switzerland, and Portugal, Uruguay is what you were saying. I'm going to go. I was Portugal, saying Portugal, Ghana. Ghana. Awesome. Perfect. All right. On that note, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. I feel like it's been a bit of a, a different one to our usual rhythm, but. We're both really enjoying the World Cup, or at least I am. So it's been fun to talk about it, and we'll likely be back next week with something. So stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed this week's Devils in the Details. You can follow us at Devils ITD Pod on Twitter or on a variety of streaming platforms. Our awesome theme music was made by Jacob Connor. You can find at Jacob J. Connor on Twitter. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.